Has anyone told you that your new Wi-Fi sucks? Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I still hate that I'm the one that has to be like, and whatever. Um, But we're back. We're always back, but we're back. (laughs) You hate it so much, which is why you have to do it every time. I know. I like to just make you squirm. Um, yeah, we're back um, for a part two, which is also a long episode again. <laughs> yeah, it's another we, long one. We like try in the beginning to be like, okay, well, this is going to be short. And then like the same amount of time passes, and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, this is our life now. Yeah. There was a time where we tried to do less than hour long episodes, but um, that was. I mean, a we long do better, ago. but this, the interview ones are hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next month in March, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programs with um, Binge Watch Update and Music Corner, uh, but we're skipping it again, uh, so just listen through um, to get into the interview. Hey guys, we are back for another episode. This week we have a guest again. Um, a recurring guest at this last point. Time, but <laughs> yeah, a recurring guest at this point. Good, good to be back. Um, so, Steph, do you want to ask the questions? Because I don't remember them. You don't remember them? We do this every episode. I know, but I like don't remember the order. <laughs> I always mess it up, so you can ask. Okay, so, as Lindsay needs to get through her head, the questions that we like to ask everyone that comes onto the show, even if they're recurring guests, we have the same questions over and over again. So, tell us your name, um, your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and again, that could be whatever you want to interpret it to mean, and a weird fact about you. And the weird fact has to be different this time. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I think I could do that. Uh, all right. My name is Kyle Janis, owner of Soothsayer Hot Sauce. Uh, my favorite beer, uh, I'm going to have to go to my roots and say old style beer. Um... It's interesting fact. I keep I, it just goes in one ear and out the other. I can't blame Lindsay. Like, I, <laughs> right? Is it was interesting fact um, the only other uh, one? It seemed like there was pop, more. Favorite piece of pop culture. Favorite yeah. pop culture. Oh yeah, uh, that that got to change this week. Uh, my new favorite piece of pop culture is uh, Dead Rush Limbaugh. Hundred oh, percent. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's fucking awesome. Fuck that guy. Fuck. Anyone related to him who's profited or supported him in any way. Uh, actually, I guess to bring that into pop culture and music, uh, yesterday the band Senses Fail put out a song called Lush Rimbaugh, and it was all about how complicated Buddy Nielsen thought he was going to feel when Rush Limbaugh died, but he isn't because he's a giant piece of shit. Huh. I did not know that was a thing that came that out. That checks out. No, I like I someone posted it on this like hardcore group mm-hmm. I follow earlier and it only had like 2000 listens and I was just like, well, uh a fuck yeah, got in got in early for the scene points. Uh but also like, oh, census fail, you deserve better. That'll come You've up on your Spotify so much on rap too. It'll be like you were one of the first 
whatever first probably uh, it should be a spotify wrapped is like different every single year but um yeah that might be a last year one of the metrics was if you were in like the first five thousand listeners to a song yeah it'll give you oh i i had it'll give you that cloud that that all the gen gen z is chasing (laughs) um so pop question interesting fact um Interesting fact is in the summer of 2019, I threw out the first pitch at a minor league baseball game. Oh, Oh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. The the Biloxi Bay Bears were more than welcome to have me on the mound to open their game against... I don't even remember who they played because that was also Dollar Beer Night Uh. where they had Natty Lights for a dollar and were serving them to us on, like uncracked so we could shotgun them in the stands so the rest of the day the rest of the night's hazy but i remember throwing out the first pitch did you did you like get it to the pitcher because i've seen people like throw first pitches that just kind of like roll there he made it all the way oh it it was i mean i played baseball for years growing up and i was a pitcher but i was still like hyper nervous about it because i've i've played like beer league softball for the last few years but nothing like of actual athletic merit and no i i it was as good as i would have hoped it would have gone uh i was announced as uh welcome kylie janice uh and so when i walked out the announcer was just like uh kyle i'm like oh yeah yeah great thanks dude and then I threw it, and he's like, oh, wow, good pitch. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> so he was he was surprised. It. And if if the stadium broadcaster thought I did better than expected, I'll take it as a W. Nice. Fair. Um, where is, what was it, Biloxi Bay? The Biloxi Bay Bears, uh, which it was there. And I'd like to believe, well, it, it wasn't because of me but that was during their last season so they are no longer a baseball team where were they located the curse of kyle janice <laughs> uh or not biloxi bay bears uh mobile mobile alabama oh. <laughs> home, home well biloxi mississippi i mean gulf coast of the red states is more or less the same thing fair yeah um okay so let's First of all, I'm going to start this off by saying we're not going to get as drunk. We made a promise to ourselves pre-episode that we weren't going to get as drunk as we did last time because that was a mess. That was also like a three-hour long recording that I managed to cut down into an hour (laughs) and 40 minutes somehow. I don't know. Um, So we're not doing that again. Uh, (laughs) We're going to try to keep this one focused. Well, we might still get drunk, but at least we can keep it under three hours. (laughs) <laughs> that's the goal yeah. we're starting with like a real low goal here <laughs> under three hours um so with that being said um i think this is the first time that we're doing this oh no it's the first time we've done this before but like we're all drinking different beers so Steffi, you want to kick yeah. it off with what you're drinking yeah so i figured what we could kind of do since we all have different beers rather than you know each describing everything just you know kind of say what the beer is who makes it a general kind of flavor thing or like what it description and then like the three words so just kind of like run with it all if we can do that that might be a mess i've never had this beer before so i've never had this one either hold on i'll start by sipping it so that i have some idea of what it tastes like oh that's less sour than i thought it was gonna be okay 
So, I am drinking, and I am going to completely butcher this name because I just don't have confidence that I can say it correctly. Um, this beer is called Cryptomnesia, or something to that effect. And it's by Odious Sellers, who is one of the current incubators at Pilot Project in Logan. So this is a considered to be a fruited sour. Um, they call it a violet sour that's been co-fermented with um, Cabernet grapes, cinnamon, orange zest, and mulling spices. So on first taste, first smell, when I opened this bottle, I was like, oh man, this smells really sour. And this smells like I'm going to have heartburn in about an hour. But um, it's very heavy on like the grape flavor itself. Like I don't, I don't even think wine necessarily tastes like grapes, but this kind of tastes like grapes. And you get a lot of like the cinnamon spice and like the orange flavor. And it completely reminds me of like mulled wine. But cold because obviously mold wine is normally hot so my three words are gonna be well that's me more than three words but my three descriptors are lightly sour um grape and then mold spices okay so this is actually kind of funny because we previously talked about both picking sour so at least we had the same style but um, I also picked a sour that has wine, um, which could be a mistake. But um, so this is R-I-P. Secret Notion. Yes, this is Secret Notion by Almanac Beer Company in a collaboration with Dash Cellars. Uh, uh, it is a sour ale aged in oak barrels with Zinfandel grapes. Uh, and the like romance copy on this is Secret Notion is a romantic sour ale. Uh, aged with wine grapes, previously used to make a bold Zinfandel by our talented friends at Dash Cellars. Some of our favorite brewing projects often start as a clandestine whims. That's actually not proper English, but uh, we only dare to whisper to one another. Secret Notion pays homage to these obscure hopes, ideas, seeds, and covert desires with sensuous notes, notes of ripe and jammy grapes and tart plums. From the first sip, you'll be in our secret. In on our secret. Um, so what's interesting is that like you describe yours as grapey and mine's also pretty grapey. Mm-hmm. Um, not really, really tart. Um, it's kind of funky, like a light sour note to it. Um, and then you do get a good bit of like plum and jamminess. So I'm going to pick, um, grape, uh, crisp and funky those are good words yeah that also just sounds both those beers sound great um very lukewarm on sour i this is not super sour this isn't very sour either i'm like now getting into sour so like i can't do super sour beers either um i got this in like a 12 pack from almanac for california craft beer week um you could order like special things like special groups and like pairings and stuff um, and I missed out on, like, the regional-specific ones, so I just got one from Almanac that had, like, a bunch of really interesting-sounding beers, and that was one of them. They have quite a few, um, sours aged in things, and I am getting hot. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm assuming it's the wine. Okay. 
I was gonna say my beer came oh, from yeah, um, the I do I do the beer of the month club at Pilot Project. So every month they give you kind of like a mixed setup of all of their different incubators. So this was one of them this month. How how do you like Pilot Project? I Love think them. like. I, I saw that. it come up. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I mean, I didn't because they they opened shortly before the pandemic. They opened or like, like early August. Pandemic? They opened August of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I haven't gotten a chance to go over there. I just it's such a cool idea yeah. to just have a space to. I mean. I'm glad that incubator is not just a Silicon Valley term anymore. Yeah. I think that their, um, their idea makes a lot of sense, especially with all like the steel in Chicago to give smaller places an option to kind of like play around with flavors. Yeah. Um, and we love them. Like we love the guys and girls, um, that are like a part of the group. Um, great people, super fun people, super chill. We did an interview with them January of 2020. So, uh, like the show. December? Oh, cool. Well, the episode came out in January, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was... It was very that fun. Was cra- that was a crazy interview. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, So, tell us what you have. I have a Tangerine IPA by Potosi Brewing out of southwest Wisconsin. Um, I was in the area over there, and anytime I'm near their distribution circle, which is pretty small... Um, I mean, I get whatever I can from them. They have, uh, I think, if it's not the, it's one of the oldest functioning breweries in the Midwest. Oh, wow. Um, They have a really cool brewery museum there. And one of the things, I mean, this was, I went there for the first time a little bit before I started doing Soothsayer. And one of their things is... And you can kind of see in the video chat, maybe on the can, uh, all profits go to charity. Oh, nice. very awesome! So they they do enough to keep their thing going and help support their community out there. And uh, yeah, it's it's a delicious beer. Actually, I have two Potosi beers lined up. Um, the other being Cave Ale, their Amber Ale. But uh, for the Tangerine, if I could use, do you want me to read the description? Sure, There's a little yeah. little text here. Um, all right, so Potosi, Wisconsin is where craft beer is crafted, and that craft is celebrated in at the National Brewery Museum, which they own. Pro- probably pretty easy for them to get into that museum. Uh, the beer that you hold was brewed in that town by its fine people in a small batch with the finest ingredients. We are Potosi. We are beer's hometown. Enjoy a refreshing twist on our traditional IPA, fresh tangerine juice, and a charitable amount of hops went to a most lively and cleanly hopped experience. Huh. Lively and cleanly. Yeah, they also used uh, the word craft like three times in a sentence, which I'm just kind of impressed by. And it wasn't just like craft, craft, craft. It was like three different <laughs> descriptors. Of craft. Cra- craft, crafted, and then the other just crafts. Um, but if I were to, three words for this beer would be, uh, luscious, tropical, and effervescent. Oh, wow. Those are super good words. Yeah. I'd figured now, taking the time to not be as drunk this recording, I thought I'd dust (laughs) off my, uh, my, my five point scrabbles. No, that's a, those are good words. 
I just went through like a tasting training today where I should have learned the words to use, but I did not. I mean, if you just if you just have a browser pulled up with thesaurus.com, you can you can fudge your way through most things. That's fair. So let's get into the remaining questions that we never got to. There aren't a ton uh, before we get into the topic that we had originally planned to get into last episode, but never did. (laughs) Three hours later, never talked about it. Um, So I guess first question, are there any sauces that just never got made that you had wanted to make left on the cutting room floor? Um, well, we have, one project that I believe I mentioned in uh, the last episode, I think that was part of uh, the off-the-record yeah. segment. Uh, yeah. uh, if it's, not, if it's, if it's but, going to be released at some point, that doesn't count. This is... So it's... I mean, it, at this point, it's still kind of cutting room. I mean, it's been developed. I have labels printed, but we're still working to get our hot sauce with Pup put out. You um, say that. I th- they know. Okay. Like, we've been talking. They don't um, listen to I this. I mean, it's just... I'm going to send it to them, actually. I'm going to send it to Stefan and all those boys and just be like, this is me publicly shaming you and to make this happen. Um, but no, I mean, it was something that was supposed to be put out. Uh, the official release is going to be during their spring tour in 2020, mm-hmm. which was, like, the second big go-around for Morbid Stuff. Um I mean, is they that... had a heavy, heavy tour routing for that year. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, is that going to be available, like, in just the U.S. then? Or are you going to be able to, like, ship that to... So that's one of the things that the pandemic kind of made difficult. Because if we were to if we were to send the bottles up to Canada, I mean, we would just be killed on the different tax issues. Yeah. There might be some kind of loose issue in if I shipped it up to them and then they sold it. Um, I mean, food selling food internationally is a very weird and difficult thing. Oh, we know. Um, yeah, so we know. As, as soon <laughs> <laughs> talking to the two people that, Oh yeah. Now. Yeah. Who, who am I, who am I talking to here? Um, yeah, you know, you know better than I, how weird and messy that can get and yeah. labeling and all those things. So, yep. That kind of shelved it, um, but I'm hoping to work out something with, uh, like, their U.S. merch distributor, like we have with a number of other projects, including our upcoming release for uh, the polyvinyl band Juju's new album. Like, it's all going to a distributor, Mm -hmm. and they handle it, so I'm hoping that we can work out something like that, uh, because this hot sauce is real awesome, and I don't want to have to wait for the pandemic to end for them to tour again by that time shit they'll probably have a new album and morbid sauce isn't a cool name it's still a cool it's name, a really but, good name uh, it's a great name still <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was one of those like all right the working title name is just going to become the name yeah, it's a yeah. good working title name it's a good name so yeah i'm hoping i mean that's that's probably the biggest one um we've had other people we've talked to over the years about, like, this would be really cool if it happened. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, like, the Brokedowns here in Chicago are a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked to War on Women for a while about getting something together, and that kind of fizzled out. And I mean, those are two groups that, like, I do absolutely intend to reconnect with. Yeah. 
and make happen. But I mean, the past two years have been such a weird shit show in general between like personal things and then global pandemic that, uh, I mean, not, not everything could make it to fruition. Okay, so moving on. These are the questions that like, don't flow well anymore because we skipped yeah. around so much. <laughs> um, so just jumping around into what's your favorite hot sauce and food pairing? Is it pizza? I... Oh, I mean, way to, way to load that one from the get-go. Oh, wait, sorry, uh, let, me, let, no, me not, mean... let me not lead. Oh, no, no. I, well, we got to – well – you you hit the you hit my answer on the second one. It's eggs. Hot yeah. sauce and eggs are fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Like they're such a great like hot sauce and breakfast food lends itself yeah. together so well. I mean, just I think that's the reason why Waffle House exists and why it's the most beloved restaurant of the It South. really is. It's uh, really sad that it doesn't exist in the Midwest. No, I I'm kind of glad that it doesn't. Like there's there all the time. everyone's like, "Oh, like we need like a Waffle House in Chicago, or we need an In and Out in Chicago. No, we don't. It's just like no, like it's dangerous. Those things. A A for the fact that like my already likely high cholesterol. I don't know. I don't go to doctors. <laughs> uh, who can Who can afford to do in that this in economy? this climate? No. Uh, in this economy. <laughs> uh, no, that would be bad news. And it's also like I do love, and I have a I have a hyper hyper love for regional fast food. Um. And so, like, anytime I get to go out to those places, like, it's fun. I always make it a point to, like, get a hungover, like, late-night late, late night meal or breakfast at Waffle House. Or, like, make it to In-N-Out at some point and mm-hmm. order off their, like, not-so-secret menu. It's not secret. Uh, it's not secret. Not at all. No, I get it. Uh, it's, like, something about not being able to get it that makes it so good. And if it was always there, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Um... But I will go ahead and say that that's not true. Though. <laughs> in and out's down the street. And it's still really good. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's dope to eat in and out whenever you want. But you didn't need to rub that in our faces while we have 28 inches of snow. On I the also ground. don't eat in and out all the time. Um, there is. I learned about a not so. It's not so secret. Secret menu item. Um, so if you ever come back out to the west, um, if you get their peppers chopped up on a burger with animal sauce or animal style burger. Uh, with peppers, it's fucking fire. It's so good. Uh, that's that's been my order okay. the last like five years. <laughs> well, Ever I'm glad since you I know learned that. that, I mean it's chopped it's chopped peppers. It's super good. I gotta I gotta have my hand in that game. Uh, yeah, no, it's it rules. Uh, but going back to the actual question, uh, eggs. Yeah, eggs are so perfect for. I mean, between like egg sandwiches, I'm a big. I know, like, I feel like Chicago we doesn't known that. ride. Because, like, you were, you've been it's, promoting, like, breakfast sandwiches with Soothsayer for the last couple of weeks, and I feel like that, that should have been an obvious answer. Yeah, that should have been obvious. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many good things. Like, pizza is a very obvious one, um, and a very, like, pizza would be number two. Because um, it's just, like, a good, like, savory, greasy platform uh, for hot sauce to shine. Uh Though, I mean, just, you could do so many different things with eggs. It's inherent, like, it's a vegetarian food, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that helps with, like, overall reach and, like, accessibility to people. And, I mean, if you just think of the ways, like, you can prepare eggs, like, on their own, like, scrambled, over easy, sunny side up, 
poached, whatever. You can put them on sandwiches. You can put them on pizza. A super underrated category of breakfast pizza that doesn't get the shine it deserves. Steph, same question. Um. Oh, that's hard. I put hot sauce on everything, so that's that's a hard one. But I think, and it's going to be very, very specific. And I think Lindsay knows exactly where I'm going with this description. So, and I'll say, the one thing I miss about my old job was the breakfast burritos. And every Thursday was breakfast burrito Thursday. And so we it would was. always smother our burritos. First, it was El Yucateco. And then once we started getting into Soothsayer, it was Red Ombres. So Red Ombres on yep. the cafeteria <laughs> breakfast burritos was is like yeah. A bottle lasted maybe one. a month because we were putting so much on there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became like the work thing of like who had it on them at the time. So like oh, we had to go to this person's <laughs> desk so that we can go get the hot sauce. And then that person would get annoyed because it would be like half the bottle gone by just one. run through the stash. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think breakfast items and hot sauce are clutch. It's the best way to do it. I've been, uh, I made a bunch of, uh, salsa verde the other day, like two weeks ago, and that lasts forever, apparently. So I've been doing, like, over-easy mm-hmm. eggs with, like, a drizzle of salsa verde and actually, like, a hmm. drizzle of Malort face. It's super good together. Hell yeah. It's a really good Now that you finally opened your Malort face? Yeah. Yeah. It's been going <laughs> on everything. So, so how... Because this is the first, when I did the Malort face with like the wax tip bottles, I've never done anything like that before. It was just like a fun idea that came together without really anything except for a quick couple Googles on how to wax tip things. Was it easy to open that bottle? Because as soon as I did it, I was just like, this might be a nightmare. It was. was. It, a, it was a nightmare? <laughs> All right, cool, good. <laughs> I texted Stephanie bad. as I was opening it because like they didn't fit, they didn't fit in my cupboard. Uh, everything else did, but like they didn't fit because of the tip. And I was like, "How did you open this?" And she was like, "I cut it off with a knife." <laughs> I was like, "That's what I'm doing, but I'm gonna cut myself." Um, but yeah. it's like that for beer right. too. Good, I don't think there's an easy way unless you put like a little. I've seen people put like a little tear, like a piece of paper, it's like, a tear like a wax tab paper, where yeah. like you can pull it off with yeah. it. Um, but that's like the only way I've ever seen like people open it easily. I think regardless, like you're taking a knife and cutting a finger off. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're actually through the questions. Because um, the last one is, what's next for Soothsayer and Kyle? And I think you've kind of touched on that with the sauces that mm-hmm. you have coming out. Um, do you have any other, like, big, big plans outside of hot sauces or, like, line extensions, more merch? So, and, and I don't... Oh, shit. Oh, why... All right, now that, I... now that idea is in my head... Um, it's been I would, I would into love to do that. I mean, we've been like 2020 was a big like cause we only put out two new sauces and that was our lowest output in I mean since we got started. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned on the last episode that we have like eight new flavors coming out this year, uh, at least in the works. So we have a lot more like a lot wider variety of products that we're gonna put available, which leads to our like limited series we're gonna i'm gonna announce this soon but we're gonna structure for the first time when different sauces are gonna come out oh that's smart um yeah so to be like because we always get people that write us and say like oh like i loved this sauce it's not available 
especially like something like the Turnspit Strawberry Lavender, mm-hmm. where I mean strawberries were about two months away from strawberries being like two pounds for four dollars yeah. instead of one pound for six dollars, and so like we're mm-hmm. gonna pretty much list out like what's gonna be available seasonal versus what is kind of more considered a full-time release which is something we haven't done before um we put out last fall the menu over at hexa coffee where i designed a number of sandwiches mm-hmm. um for them and expanded on their breakfast menu and we're going to be working with them to have more like sauce pairings with those which was something that we had meant to do in the original incarnation of the idea uh, but pandemic had other plans and the cost going into putting sauce in like single cups and just adding them in addition didn't quite work out. So hoping to do some more stuff with that. Um, I would like to, and we're actually, cause yesterday was Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday was Fat Tuesday. Uh, that's about one year out from our uh, Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras pop-up at Crown Liquors, RIP, and we'll be getting to them very soon. Uh, so that was really cool. We designed like a whole pop-up one-off night menu. Um, so we're going to be looking to do some more things like that where we just show up at a place for one or two days or nights um, and have some kind of fun one-off food menu mm-hmm. uh, items. That's, I mean, obviously, like, all all paired with hot sauce, all meant to be pretty spicy, but kind of expanding in that direction. Um, I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned, there's so many things I don't remember <laughs> if I mentioned we or not. We're all very awesome, drunk. So, we probably don't remember either. Uh, we're going to be doing our first mustard this year. That's going to be a ghost pepper mustard. Um, I've had trial runs with Chardonnay over the past couple years and have done some more research on how to shelf stabilize that. So we're working on that. There's a pop-up out of LA that's like a Chicago food specific pop-up that we've been in talks to to help them navigate the uh, wild world of Chardonnay. Can I ask a question? What is Chicago specific food? Like hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs, Italian beef. Euros, like like dog stand stuff, because I I learned recently on uh, the horrific dumpster fire that is Facebook that the rest of the country thinks that it's that's perfectly okay to put lettuce on a euro, and that opinion could fuck off forever. That's a terrible opinion. That sounds gross. Lettuce. That does sound gross. Yeah. Because no one's been to a Greek yeah, town nothing... anywhere. It's just like. Why would you want it to like so it's warm pita bread and then hot coned meat and you want to put super wilty lettuce over that? Nothing's worse than warm lettuce. Ooh, warm lettuce War- is yeah, gross. Absolutely. So this is actually a really good segue into the topic that we had planned. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually just calling this like a mis- miscellaneous Chicago episode because uh, the next question I want to ask you is what is your favorite Chicago tradition? Ooh, favorite And then Chicago in parentheses, tradition. I have, why is it the handshake? Um, oh, that's, oh, that's so difficult. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's so many Chicago traditions that like have their own moment. I think one of, well, one of the, 
All right, I got two two fallen soldiers in in that category. Okay. The first being the Southside Irish Parade, which was uh, the most flagrant and beautiful display of alcoholism <laughs> oh, yeah. that I've ever had the pleasure of witnessing. Uh, it was it was to the point where like the aldermen of those neighborhoods just had to tell people it's like remember that kids are here yeah <laughs> just like this parade like parades are for children parades are for children and World War Two <laughs> and just remember <laughs> re- remember that one of those things was fifty years ago and the other one is still here. Uh, and so it was, it was a really, it was a dark day when that went away from uh, all of our, all of our lives, but better for all of our livers. If you say uh, so. One of my other, I, you know what, like I, I think we mentioned this before the actual recording here. I mean, if you cut open my liver and treated it like a tree rung, it would tell a lot of stories. <laughs> and the... The circle that the Southside Irish Parade is take would take up would negate years of my life, so I'm kind of <laughs> happy that it doesn't exist anymore. It was real fun at, like, 21 and 22, but at, like, 27, 28, it would have gotten real rough. Um, but the the other one, the uh, we'd always go to Marshall Fields and walk around and see the windows and stuff and that was like just a very nice time growing up yeah and that was like i always remember like taking the metro in and walking down jackson to get to state street and walk down state street and like the big well-decorated department stores just a very like 90s version of a christmas story but no one shot their eye out (laughs) yeah uh i don't know i think i think the best chicago tradition it, like at least that's still in operation is Chicago's summer street fest circuit. Oh yeah, is unfucking mm-hmm. paralleled. Like places like New York, it's too small, it's too crowded, it's too densely populated. L.A. is too sparse, and transportation's a fucking mess. So Chicago, I feel, is like perfectly situated to be this hub of just amazing neighborhood and local culture Mm -hmm. and you have things like midsummer fest in andersonville that's like a big celebration of like swedish culture and gay culture do division is just a big celebration of the start of summer and douchebags wicker park (laughs) fest wicker (laughs) i wasn't expecting that No one ever expects the douchebags, and then they try to go to do division on the first Friday night. Um, You forget that they live here. Park Fest is just like... They don't live there. They live in West Loop, and they come to do division to be douchebags. I don't know. There's a lot of douchebags in Wicker Park. Yeah. There are are a lot of douchebags, but the do division is, I feel like, in closer proximity to the Wicker Park douchebags than Wicker Park Fest. Agreed. Which now it's like... Like, Wicker Park Fest has, it's all down Milwaukee, like, all the businesses are open, they have a ton of great bars that are for normal people, mm. a lot of great restaurants yeah. that are for normal people. Um, yeah, I feel like Dude Division, the bars is they, just, like, pumping club music and stuffing people in. Uh, yeah. I can, con- as 
as a three-time veteran of the full weekend of Dew Division Fest, aside from whatever experience I had before that, uh, yes, can confirm. <laughs> uh, but like Wicker Park Fest does such an incredible job of the music that they host oh, there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's courtesy of the wonderful people over at Subterranean and their booking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's there's Greek Fest, there's Pierogi Fest, there's uh mole fest down in pilsen there's street truck or uh food truck fest in pilsen Mm -hmm. i mean just every neighborhood every neighborhood has at least like two major food not food fest street fest sorry i got i started thinking about like roscoe village burger fest we've done a lot of hyper specific food events burger fest is Um, so much fun burger fest is awesome i hope burger fest can come back to the form that they had because the first year we did it, it was one of the most fun weekends I've ever had. It was a blast. The next year, they increased the prices of the burgers and then also cut four vendors out. Oh. So it was just like kind of a weird thing where like they expanded the festival. A lot of the vendors were like... I mean, the people you see selling the $10 pairs of sunglasses... Mm-hmm. Like, the skull and wolf candles and everything's $5. And, like, get your phone cases here. And that shit can really fuck off. Like, it doesn't I belong know at that... a neighborhood street fest. Like, those are just generic places. Yeah. You want, like, yeah. the specific neighborhood type vendors. Yeah. Mm. Well, and, like, I mean, that first, uh, that first burger fest is when I met Parker from Hexa Coffee, mm-hmm. who... Like, they have their shop just down Diversity on the corner there. So, I mean, still, like, he's a Roscoe Village resident. Um, and he was doing, like, he got started for his coffee company selling bottled cold brew there. And so, like, it was a lot of great vendors. And, yeah, the, the expansion, like, well, we could have more things, but everything's going to be cheaper. Um, didn't really care for that. But not not to sour the whole uh, idea but yeah, I think Chicago's most unique and important thing right now is uh, our celebration of our limited summer joyous months, as we can at least two of us can attest to right now with <laughs> yeah. the twenty eight fucking oh inches of snow the on the snow ground. Snow has been insane. But I was gonna ask um, if you, as like an attendee, not like as a vendor, what is your favorite street festival in the city? Uh, Wicker Park Fest, hands down, both as an attendee and a vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do, like, the Renegade Street Fest that happens in, uh, usually early September. Yeah. That's our best sales weekend of the year. Like, it's fucking crazy. But Wicker Park Fest has always been my favorite to attend. And when we have our booth there, it's just like, hey, tell everyone you work for Soothsayer. We have three cases of beer. Come and hang out. Yeah. Like drink have fun see music cover my booth when i need to go see a band and it's always such a great time Lindsay, do you want to talk about your favorite chicago traditions because i think this would be a fun one to go into circle because i also want to hear your favorite street fest um so my favorite chicago tradition in general is the handshake um hell yeah we've done how did I think I froze. How did how did I forget? So no, you didn't freeze. My brain no, no. Froze. There was a point where um, I said, "And why is the handshake?" And I think my like 
video had froze at that point, and that, oh, that's why you didn't hear I it. I didn't hear that either. Yeah, I think my video froze. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the handshake. Um, it's iconic. Um, that's all I can really say. Like you can't, you can't live in, you can't come to Chicago without doing a handshake. Uh, and if you do and you refuse to, you're a pussy. Not that vaginas are weak, uh, just for a phrase sake. Um, uh, and I'm also a very big fan of the tavern cut pizza. That's apparently Chicago specific that if you're from Chicago, that's what you drink or that's what you eat. Sorry. Um, and I would say like the, the street festivals are like a lot of fun just cause like they get such good like artists. Um, Wicker Park. Depends on the festival, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think my favorite is also Wicker Park Fest, but mainly because I could walk out of my apartment and walk up the street and be like, I live here, and they would just let me in for free. Yep. Uh, Also, for anyone listening, every street fest is suggested donation, and a lot of the times, that money, when they say it's going, like Wicker Park says it's going to schools or whatever, it's not. Um so just say, I live here, and don't give them money. Yeah, I just like, I would say I live here because I don't feel guilty because I actually do live I did live there. Um, I usually felt guilty everywhere else. <clears throat> I do appreciate the ones where it's a suggested donation, but they have, like, boxes for, like, a charity that you put it into. I'm hoping I they like went that to the charity that they said to, that they were going to. Yeah, same. Um, and my other favorite is Block Party. Oh, Goose Island Block uh, Party is so much fun. I would call that a Chicago tradition, I think. I, All of the Goose I haven't events. had the pleasure of going. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's so much fun. It's a $20 voluntary donation. Um, it's 10 bucks. 10? Mm-hmm. Oh, and is... then you get to you get to pick your charity. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like Planned Parenthood's usually one. They have one. They do oh, an so animal we... shelter. They do yeah. like a they do like children's music like education. A, yeah. There's like an immigrant one. They'll do like a women's shelter. They try to get like a different yeah. charity that covers a bunch of different bases. Yep. So there's kind of always oh. one that you would support. And they always have like a great artist playing. And then it's like $3 a token for beer and you like, or like $20 and you get six or seven or something like that. Yeah. Whatever the, the, the number is to get the free one. Um, Damn, that's. That's super reasonable. Yeah. Like, they've, they've had great music lineups. I just, I, I haven't gone for, like, out of spite or any, like, ill feelings. It just never worked out. But that's so, $3 for a beer at a street fest. Yeah. Is it's also incredible. really cool. And they do, like, tappings, $3, like, special tappings. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things they do is that $3 token is good for a BCS or a BCBS or, like, a Sour Sister. Or they have guest drafts on. So, yeah. like... You could get a beer from on tour. Like they'll have like a, a all guest setup. Yeah, they'll have one that's like all Hell rare yeah. tappings. They'll have one that's all the yep. sour sisters, and then and like, they're like got... good, like twelve ounce pours. Too. Yeah, they're like ten. Except for like BCBS pours. is like smaller pours, but yeah. like regular beer is like a regular pour. They also have like sixteen ounce cans that you can get. Yeah. Um, it's like super cheap to get really fucked up. The only problem is yes. that you have to get there relatively early. So if it starts at like what does it start like five on Friday and then like three on the weekends? Yeah. Um, it will mm-hmm. fill up and people like wait for hours outside to get in. So we've always yeah. we've always gotten in because we always go pretty early. Yeah, we usually um, go right mm. as soon as the doors open or like early yeah. in the day at least, like when the first acts or so are on. Because I'm trying to think. The last year I got to go well, was TV on the radio. 2019. 
I wasn't. Yeah, we didn't I was go in funeral. 2019. I think the weather was bad um, here, and I was at a the weather funeral. was bad, and like the artists weren't very good. Well, I would have gone to see Kurt Vile, but again, I was not here. It was raining. I think. But um, the last year but we went, we saw TV on the fun. radio. Yeah, that was. <sighs> all of like the events that yeah, Goose that's, Island. That's held. awesome. I think all of the events that Goose Island does throughout the year are a lot of Dodgeball, fun. Those are some of my so favorites. Like fun. dodgeball is so much fun. Watching people crush so, Capricorn. So I've I've heard I I have a a special tie to the dodgeball event because uh, one of my friends and former roommates uh, Claire, she kind of got like drafted into playing for a very very small brewery nice in the dodgeball event and she was on depaul university's dodgeball club uh and this like little whatever no one knows them brewery worked their way into the finals of the goose island dodgeball tournament a couple years ago and pretty much like from from what I remember, and if someone from Goose listens to this, correct me if I'm wrong, but they pretty much got pushed out of the tournament because they kept beating established breweries. And someone eventually was like, well, do you have like a major distributor dealership or deal? And they're like, no, like we just we're just this brewery who's playing in a brewery dodgeball competition. They're like, well, this is for people with like distributor packages. I heard that that and I like, know exactly what you're talking about. I heard that it was because they got pushed out because they didn't have actual brewery staff playing dodgeball, and they've made it a rule now that the only people that can play have to be like directly working at the brewery. I think well, Goose... that makes sense, considering Claire definitely didn't fucking work at that yeah. brewery. <laughs> well, we've also heard that Goose Island will, like, oh, there's, like, an entire lounge times. area where everybody can, like, hang out, and they have, like, different beer there, and they all bring their own beer, and Goose Island will be like, oh, we got a bottle of this, you guys want to open it? And then we'll just get everybody wasted, uh, so they suck. And then, I think 2018, it was, um where Revolution was just, like, crushing Capri Sun <laughs> instead. So they would, like, start the match off, like, shotgunning a Capri Sun, and then I mean, they ended up winning. Yeah, they ended um, up, that was the first but year they were also insane. Win. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, shout, out, shout out to my buddy Nick Welker, formerly of Rev, who I knew was a major part of that team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was insane. Like, we were watching, we're like, oh, my God, this is the most intense dodgeball I've ever seen. They always have the one Stephanie. guy well, they who also... are, do you play the national anthem too? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. They, for Goose getting bought out by like, by a major, and I know that there was a lot of feelings about that at the time, but they've still done so well by yeah. the city. Oh, totally. That's the that thing any, though. Like... That's the thing that's hard is that Goose does well by Chicago. That is the thing. I was going to say, so what is the thing? <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, Goose does really well by Chicago. Because, like, I think all of the beer in Chicago for Goose is brewed in Chicago. But, like, everywhere else, it's brewed by InBev. Um, yeah, and so, like, much. it's it, it's kind of tough. Like, they do well by Chicago, but, like, the whole buyout makes it less good for the rest of the country. Which is fine. Like, St. Louis can have shitty goose island beers fuck st louis there sorry that's 
that's that's where I'm gonna ride on this podcast is my hatred that's of St. The Louis. It's okay if my boyfriend. Yep. If my boyfriend could hear like what we're talking about, he would be jumping in, screaming "fuck St. Louis." So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Hell yeah! I I cannot wait until we can high five about that in person. Yeah. Steph, what is your favorite Chicago tradition? Um, you guys touched on both of mine. What is blacking out on St. Patty's Day? Because that is a that is a Chicago tradition. Not at like the not at any of the cool stuff. It's always at a brunch. Not at the parade. Blacking no. out yeah. on Chicago St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. That is one. Blacking out at a potluck brunch that we somehow start drinking at like seven a.m. and make it to like midnight. Yeah, St. Patty's Day in Chicago is one, uh, and then two is obviously like the handshake, and then. Three, I was going to say, leads into the actual discussion point. It's like the Chicago dive bar scene. Yeah. I've never experienced that anywhere Excellent else. transition. Well, I do get to finish and say my favorite street fests, so I should have saved that for after. Um, <laughs> I really like Westfest, so the one on Chicago Ave. Oh, yeah. Westfest, Westfest is, is always fun, fun. Um, yeah. I'm furious because one of my favorite bands played one year and I was not here to see it and I did not know who they were at the time so I can't be that upset but looking back I should have gone and it's shame shame played who, shame who is shame that? played mhm 2018 the fuck I didn't know that yeah shame oh. played westfest I still can't hear properly so after that, that show I really like um and then I, I mean, it's super overly expensive, but the music's always really good. I always enjoy Taste of Randolph. That was the, oh, yeah. we I saw, saw everything, everything the Flaming there. Lips there, didn't we? I have. No, that was Taste of Chicago. Yeah, that was Taste of Chicago. Um, but no, I saw everything, everything in like 100 degree heat at Taste of Randolph one year. I saw Peter Bjorn and John there one year. That's a good one. Um, and then I hate do division. I'm just going to say it. I hate I don't like do division. division. I live off it's of division like, and I hate do division. You're not wrong when you say that it's all the douchey bros that come out to that and it's like hot and they're like all pressed up against you. Yeah. It's not fun. It and was like you really can see them like piling into the though. three bars that are open. We saw Chris Farron at do division though. So that was good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our, my, my homeboy, Chris definitely graced those stages they used to have like i remember it was this had to have been like 2016 i think the first night of due division it was like i think it was the it was the broke downs minus it was the broke down some like local metal band and minus the bear like holy shit they used to have i love minus the bear yeah they used to have really really cool lineups and i still I do like Do Division as a vendor now because it's really the start of the summer festival mm-hmm. circuit. Like, there's really not much that happens between Christmas and like it being nice up, nice enough to walk around. So it is like for the craft fair circuit. It's like, hello, friends. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad you survived the winter. Oh, like, yeah. we're checking in. Like, it's the end of fucking Oregon Trail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, How oh, I see you didn't you get dysentery. With? Yeah, did you get any snake bites? How were they? Uh, so I do I do really like it for that. And also, uh, shout out to the Queen Mary, which is the only bar on that street worth going to. I love Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. 
Um, before we get into the dive bar scene, you kind of brought up something that I thought was interesting. Um, maybe brought up, I don't remember. Um, but I feel like Chicago has a very, like, interesting indie venue scene, independent venue scene. Um, it's, like, very different than anywhere I've ever been. There's so many of them, and they're all so different. So, like, what's your favorite Chicago independent venue? I would say... I mean, unfortunately, and another uh, name we're going to get to in a little bit, uh, Quenchers. Quenchers is the quintessential king of Chicago indie venues. Um, unfortunately, no longer with us. But I would say, I mean, there's all right, two, two tiers. Uh, the first tier is like, I mean, to my DIY and... DIY like punk and metal roots, uh, subterranean and beat kitchen. I mm-hmm. think are the kings of like low scale, mid scale shows. Uh, aside from that, I think Talia Hall is absolutely fucking incredible. Talia is such an incredible um, the, venue. The acoustics, the aesthetics, their beer list, their staff. Uh, the fact that you could literally have a night where you walk in, you go to do six, you have some dinner, you have some cocktails, pregame a little bit, go up to the show, see the show at Talia, go down to the bottom and go to punch bowl and have your after party. Like to, to have all of those in the same building, I think is pretty incredible. And I do, I know that there's been some heat, with them being like one of the first major developments on 18th street mm-hmm. in Pilsen. But I, I don't know. I, again, I preface this with saying this as like many things in my life as a cis white man. Um, I think they have done a good job of bringing the neighborhood in, um, and just not saying we bought this and this is ours now. Um, so yeah, I I agree. I think there's it's very hard to find another city that has independent venues like Chicago does. I mean, LA would really be the only comparable, and that's only because New York stuff has been bought up by yeah, New York's not corporate the same. interest. LA's got a lot no. of stuff, you... but LA's so hard to get around that it's not the same. Like Chicago, like you don't have to drive no. to a venue. Right. Like you couldn't even like walk from Chicago's, one to Yeah. Yeah, Chicago's the only city in this country that well maybe let's let's not leave Austin as the baby in the corner here. Uh but like something like Ian's party couldn't happen in LA or New York. Oh no. Where it's just like we have three venues within the same block that we're gonna do this big stupid punk thing for a weekend and it's all gonna be right here in compact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little biased on my favorite venue, but that's because I can walk there. Uh, it's Empty Bottle. It's oh, empty the bottle, bottle rules. It's the bottle's bottle. an institution. Mine is the bottle and Talia as well. Talia's just such a beautiful venue. The sound is mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but the bottle is so much fun. It's so, like, intimate, and, like, you're right at the same level as the band, basically. And, mm. um, like, depending on the band, they can make it, like, really intense. Uh, like when we saw Shane, oh, there, yeah. it was like a oh, super Shane intense for New show. Year's was so insane. Remember when we saw Post Animal there on three one two day? 
<laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's so weird seeing post-animal sometimes because, like, 95% of the times we've seen them, which I think they're probably the band I've seen the most often um, at this point. Um, I froze, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Right as you were getting yep. into the story, you froze. Oh, I was going to say, like, 95% of the times that I've um, we've seen them, which is probably the most amount of times I've ever seen a band at this point, um, like, they're, like, 15-year-olds moshing <laughs> from the suburbs. And then, like, 5% of the time, it's just, like, people, like, all right, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and it's just, like, so strange. Because, like, I think at this point, we just, like, hang out in the back. And we're, like, oh, this, like, we love seeing them. It's fun to see. We are, like, not getting, going crazy. The first time we definitely Also, did, normally, but... you and I are slamming beers at the bar. That's Well, why that's we're the, the thing. Back. Like, at 312 day, we were just fucking slamming 312 with rhubarb. Oh, Yeah. Well, the bottle, the bottle also hosts so many other, like, cool things. Like, yeah. uh, one of the last things I did before quarantine was go to Music Frozen Dance. Uh, I there, was there. Was... <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that was that was such a fun day. It like, so I've always warm. had a great time at that. Was that the one thing you got to it use with your pass? It was so warm that day. No, I, I used my empty bottle pass to go see Chai. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the one thing I used my pass for. When they had the, like, they did the pass that, uh, I think this was 2018, it was, like, the 25 years of Empty Bottle, and they just brought back yeah. all these huge uh, fucking It was the 35 years, because I saw a bunch yeah. of shows that 35. Yeah. yeah. Like, I saw, like, Black Lips. Hey, I, I was the there, too! I got tickets to. <laughs> I was at that Black yeah. Lips show. Yeah, the Black Lips show ruled, uh, saw Marked Men there, and it was incredible, I tried to get to the High on Fire and Explosions in the Sky show, but that just wasn't happening. I tried uh, to get Animal Collective of, tickets when Animal Collective played. That would have been awesome. But they, they played I, I, 312 Block Party and The Bottle 35 years the same weekend. Yeah, I just I tried for the Animal Collective too, but it just yeah, it wasn't happening. I got to see the but it's actually That was a cool one. That's awesome. I'm That's obsessed such a cool space to with see them in. the Mountain Goats. And I actually bought the Empty Bottle 35-year book because John Darneal from the Mountain Goats wrote the foreword to the book. That's rad. Yeah, I gotta. I don't think I've ever seen that book. I gotta. I gotta find a copy. I'm sure I have a friend who will who will borrow that to me. Um, but they like one of one of the cool things about the bottle for me is. Uh, they've hosted handmade Chicago as a very small, like DIY craft market. And that was the first time Soothsayer ever had like a consistent home. That's so exciting. It was just like sat Saturdays at the bottle. Um, and I can't remember the name of the woman who runs it, but she's super fucking cool and always like makes it a point to bring in new vendors and takes care of the people that have been coming there for a while and just to, like, show up hungover on a Saturday morning and sell some hot sauce and, like, have a handshake and order, a, like, a plate from Bike oh, Cafe to bite. eat while no one's talking to you. R.I.P. Bite. I loved Bite Cafe. Um, one yeah, one more thing. Yeah. to a pizza place? It's a pizza place now. Well, I was going to say okay. one more Chicago thing that you can't do anywhere else is House of Vance. 
Because House yeah. the House of Anne Chicago it's is now. the only one in existence yeah. right now, and the only other one is in London. Because yeah, the Brooklyn New York. one shut down. Yeah, so that they can yeah. tra- travel. I they will say House Detroit. of Anne's is so House of Anne's. I feel like first of all is amazing. I don't know if you've ever been to a show, Kyle, at House of Anne's. Uh, I've I've done four markets there and I've gone to okay. a dozen shows. Yeah, I'm yeah intimately aware of House of Vans. I feel like 2019 may be the last good year House of Vans is going to have, as far as the crowd goes. Um, like I'm sure it's going to be crazy packed regardless. Because 2019 was really hard to get in. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I get like what you're 2019 saying. would be like the last year because I feel like. People start like all of a sudden started like find out about it and like it was such a pain to get in in 2019 that I feel like that's probably like the last year that it's really going to be like well they what had so many was. like big artists like I think they almost yeah. got too many like big big artists yeah, where yeah. like 2018 yeah. it was quite a bit smaller yeah which was really fun but it, I think they overexpanded which I mean it's cool they did bigger artists but it wasn't as fun for us casual people that just wanted to go get hammered on a Thursday. Hammers yeah. for free. Yeah. Yeah. For free. free. Free show. Free shit. Free beers. Free merch. Free like... shit. <laughs> that was yeah, the best I, part. I like, still have. I have so many House like... of Vans totes and shirts <laughs> and long sleeves. <laughs> That's like, I could wear, if I wanted to, I could only wear House of Vans merch for like two weeks or so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I could do the same. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they always hooked it up. All right, so... Uh, I guess like round round table on favorite House of Van show you went to. I can go Ooh. first because I know what mine is. Okay, you go first. Um, Wolf Parade. Well, so for the sound, not Wolf Parade, but for like the vibe and the entire night, it's Wolf Parade. Um, because that was like for House of Van shows, pretty much every single person that we knew would show up. But that was, like, the last time that every single one of our friends showed up to a show before people started moving away. And so, like, House of Vans, or seeing Wolf Parade at House of Vans was, like, one, an amazing band that we love so much. Two, like, all of our friends together for, like, the last time before, like, like, the first person moved out of the group. And then we were all just wasted, like, singing. Um, One of our, like, new friends at the time had showed up, and he's, like, now part of the group. Um, Shout out to Trevor, who's been on the podcast he's like our else, he's think. like our third co-host basically uh he's been on it like seven <laughs> times <laughs> Ma- mascot trevor yeah yeah um that was his first time like hanging out with the group um so i think how that show for the the whole experience like, picture big picture experience um i think seeing the breeders is probably my favorite though um, partially because Post Animal was also standing right in front of me and I turned to one of our friends and I was like, oh, look, it's Post Animal again. <laughs> and that was like number 10 of the times that I've just like run into them and probably seen like a stalker because they're like, right, I'm always around them. Um, I think mine is Ice Age. So I saw Ice Age and the Black Lips play House of Vans. I think that's probably one of my favorites. And then my other is... Uh, it was p- before House of Vans, like house parties were a thing. Danny Brown did 312 Day at House of Vans. And it was the very first release of Dry Hop 312. Like they released it at this 312 Day event. And I think that's. You have the favorite. poster. 
Yeah, um, I actually, you can't see it, because also I have a wall up behind me. My entire hallway is House of Vans posters. That's tight. You know, I forgot my actual favorite show. I, I lied. It's not the Breeders. It was seeing Vince Staples puffing on an inhaler, because I was oh, like, I little, feel that so inhaler? deep in my bones. Like, having to puff your inhaler <laughs> in the middle of something. And he's just, like, rapping, and then would, like, put it down and, like, puff his inhaler. Because they were, like, blowing so much smoke at him, too. And I was like, I feel that so hard, Vince. I love you so much. That's funny, because I think, like, because it was when they started adding acts like Vince Staples to it that I think that, like, blew up the spot yeah. on what Well, House Anderson Pac like, played. Yeah. We were on it was Wait Anderson Pac. Well, yeah. That sold out in, like, and ten Anderson Pac played, because he also played Northerly Island, like, the month before, yeah. which is insane. The Anderson Pac show, and like that was the first show we had missed in a long time. We, we had, it was it sold out in minutes. Out so it was like we, we couldn't, couldn't get, tickets get tickets at all. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say my my favorite for like just the time had was uh, that a three band bill that was Dillinger Four, the Lawrence Arms, and Toys That Kill. And every fucking punk kid I knew came out to that. And we had friends who got there super early and, like, saved some spots. I mean, we're still waiting, like, an hour before doors. Mm -hmm. We made guacamole in line. (laughs) It was just, it was so flagrant. And they they did a podcast of uh, Damien from Fucked Up. Uh, His podcast turned out a punk. Oh, okay, yeah. They did a recording of that before the show with the Lawrence Arms and the first, like, 25 people in line they brought in early oh that's cool and we were a part of those people so we got to stand in the like weird little side room by the photo booth mm-hmm. and like watch one of our favorite bands interview one of our favorite bands and it was just flagrant and ridiculous but i think the the favorite show i ever saw there was uh it was like a random saturday and it was it wasn't announced in advance very much but the kills played after a girl skating day. Oh, that's so, so cool. That's super cool. We showed up and like it was the end of like the girl skating day mm-hmm. and so we're all just standing there around like the skate barricades just like watching all these girls shred and have fun and it was super cool to see that. And then they cleared the stage out and I think for that show because usually it fills up mm-hmm. either way because it's a free show with free beer with free oh, swag. Yeah. But for that show for the kills, there was maybe 200 people. Oh, wow. There. It was tiny. Like, mm-hmm. without without trying, you were, I don't know, 10 feet from the stage. Yeah. And, like, their next show in Chicago was, I think... Uh, they did like a i think it sold out at doors they played the riv yeah that seems right yeah my other favorite thing about van's house parties is you would see like the people that couldn't actually drink waiting in line like having like bottles of liquor and that they would just leave there and we'd just be like why like (laughs) (laughs) and then eventually we realized like oh they're underage they can't drink yeah. Um, but we'd be like, why are you, like, pre-gaming a show with free alcohol? Like, just don't even drink at all. Like, just get drunk here. Well, I can't... 
I can't throw too much shade because I pre-gamed every fucking House of Van show I ever went to. <laughs> we did not. Also, well, if, we sometimes if, did at um, Kaiser Tiger. Yeah, we'd go to Kaiser Tiger. For, like, oh, I dinner. love Kaiser yeah. Tiger. Go over. We'd, yeah, we'd go and have like lunch or like dinner if it was a Thursday, and then mm-hmm. and have a beer there. But that was mainly just that was to a get good food. time. Though, all right, I guess I'll, I'll throw an honorary mention for uh, Chicago traditions for pre-gaming everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pre-gaming everything. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason, too. <laughs> no. No, just, you know what? I might as well get a head start yeah. on this. Yeah. Like, pre-gaming getting free liquor by drinking the liquor in Yeah. Your <laughs> <house>. <laughs> all right, so... Now that we're back together, let's get to what we're actually here to talk about today. <laughs> An hour yeah. and 20 minutes in, which is not that bad for us. <laughs> no, but I also feel like there's a lot of gaps in there, so it's fine. Yeah. So, we need to talk about the Chicago dive bar culture, obviously. So, I want to start this by at least saying, when I grew up outside of Detroit, like dive bars weren't a thing. I didn't really understand what a dive bar was until I moved here and became like an adult. Like I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. We the only bars where I grew up were like weird townies hung out, and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a. I would argue that's bar. a dive bar. It was kind. It was kind of. I would. I would argue that was a dive. Uh, yeah, bar. I would no, argue that too. No, but not the good sense of a dive bar. No, it's like a like town bar, but that's still a dive because bar. Because everyone was like high a... at my friend's parents' house. Like, they all hung out at people's <laughs> houses and got high. They didn't go to um, the bar. And then I lived in a say... huge city where, like, the city was all, like, bougie-ass bars. It wasn't, like, a... when I say, like, townies hanging out, I'm not talking, like, a normal dive bar. Like, they were not dive bars. She's talking about you're, you're, you're talking, talking you're talking pickup trucks and camo, yeah. You're talking about like people getting at like a Chili's and like O'Flanagan's yeah. or whatever they're called, yeah. getting drunk at like a restaurant bar. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I came of age in Gainesville, Florida, um, which I would argue has an excellent dive bar scene. <laughs> so good. Way, way more than it ever deserves to. I I would agree. <laughs> Um, I don't know why Gainesville has such a fantastic dive bar scene, but they have a fantastic dive bar scene. And I spent many a day after work meeting up with my now ex at dive bars and drinking too much PBR because that's all they sold, really. I mean, they sold good craft beer, too, but, like, all we drank was PBR because we're like, oh, we have money, but... Oh, I didn't have money, but they're like, oh, we live in Gainesville. It's cheap to live here, but we're still going to spend no money on drinking and only get PBR. Um... But I think that made me love dive bars in Chicago so much. Kind of like coming of age in a city with a great dive bar scene. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up around Chicago. I was born born in the city, grew up in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, spent, I guess, my concept of what a dive bar is was really shaped like going up into Wisconsin during the summers with my family. And like, I mean, it was a lot of like, oh, we're going to go get burgers at this bar and grill. But it's like bar in capital letters, grill in lowercase. <laughs> uh, was there an E at the end of grill? Not in Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> They're not that fancy, Lindsay. There's no E. 
No. No E. I don't trust a bar that uh, has bar and grill spelled with an E. No, never. If you have grill with an E, chances are I'm not going over there. <laughs> uh, in... Unless you're in Canada, and then I realize it's a, it's a it's a cultural spelling thing, and I'll forgive you for that. In Canada, though, I don't think that it is. That's not one of them. I don't know. You I'm, just I'm made that up. Facts As a Canadian, I can guarantee you that's not how they spell grill. <laughs> even though, even though disavowing that in the first recording. As a Canadian, uh, I can guarantee you that is not how they spell grill. <laughs> they add U's to things, not E's. Oh. I think, yeah, one of my favorite differences is just, like, what U can we add after the letter O? Uh, but, no, it, it was, like, for me, very like, the, the idea of what I thought a dive bar was was very shaped in, like, what, like, Southern and Mid-Wisconsin had. And it's just, like, wood paneling, like, very sparse. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, very you dark. have some beers very dark can't see like, what's at, what you're actually drinking or eating and that's probably a good thing it's probably for the yeah best. it's it's under under cover of darkness uh but there's always like it's always a lot of the same people like it's a very communal area yeah. there's always like some like weird game or entertainment going on and there's wood paneling for no reason yep yep Sometimes there's carpeting. And it's like smoky sometimes, and there's no yeah. reason why it's smoky in there because you can't smoke. Yeah. It doesn't smell like smoke, but like for some reason there's like this weird or ambient haze. smoky. <laughs> no, but I yeah, Chicago's scene in that is pretty unparalleled. Oh yeah, and I mean it goes it goes back to the city's roots as being like hyper neighborhood specific. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can still see in different areas, like, I know that, like, Wicker Park, Ukrainian Village, Logan Square, Avondale, all have a lot of, like, long-running dive bars, but you can even see in different apartments, like, oh, that's where they, like, I mean, I lived at a place off of uh, Whipple and George, where the corner there was a dive bar it's now an apartment but it's still like you see the windows mm-hmm. you see the like the old markings and you rivets. see a lot of that in ukraine and village. like yeah and like neighborhood bars in chicago were king oh yeah uh unlike anywhere i've well ever i've seen. never lived anywhere where like you could be walking in a completely residential area and then just stumble on a bar underneath yeah. the apartment yeah. complex and that's like the only i've only ever seen that in chicago whereas like in Gainesville, all the dive bars were, like, on the major streets. You weren't walking in a neighborhood, and then all of a sudden there's a bar in front of you. And that's mm. very much, like, a Chicago, like, west side almost thing. Um, well, no, like, not necessarily west side, but, like, I've, I've noticed that a lot. I've only lived on the west side, really. Um, on the west side. Like, just walking along apartment buildings, and then there's a fucking bar. Yeah. And there's, like, that's big on the west side. I mean, there's... There's a ton, like, I mean, Bridgeport still rides super heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pilsen still rides super heavy. I mean, I can only speak to the places I've been. Unfortunately, like, my experience on the south side of the city, like, as as shitty as it is to say it, is fairly limited. But, like, even, like, north side, like, in not Wrigleyville, because Wrigleyville's just an absolute bastardization of what it place. used to be. 
because like I grew up going to Wrigleyville and where there is now an expensive plaza and what I assumed to be a Chick-fil-A, uh, it was a donut shop. It was a donut shop and a parking lot. And across the street, there was a McDonald's and some dudes who sold bootleg Cubs t-shirts. Like, <laughs> it's not that far removed from actually being what the city was. And as you get out in a Lakeview, there are a ton of neighborhood bars. And that's actually, like, I've, I've done City League softball for mm-hmm. the last, like, four or five years and it's all those like tiny little bars off of residential streets that are really like keeping that going and like mm-hmm. being bar sponsors and like you have places like it's all right it's not on my it's not on the list i wrote out but like bars like Cody's mm-hmm. and Cody's is just off of yeah mm-hmm. like yeah Stephanie's definitely been there like it's just like a shitty there's it's a residential street there's no reason this should be here that's like uh, I right there to go drink and then stumble home and that's i feel like the the best part about the chicago dive bar scene is that like you could find your local like watering hole that you could end Mm -hmm. the night with have like another two beers when you really shouldn't have two more beers and then just stumble home Yeah. yeah and that's like the beauty of it I used yeah. to really love, and I know it's not there anymore, but Wrightwood Tap in Lincoln Park used to oh, be amazing. Oh, fucking Wrightwood Tap was so good. Yeah, and all those, like, I mean, I I went to DePaul for undergrad mm-hmm. and didn't really, like, never had a fake, really never cared about the, like, let's get into Kelly's or McGee's yeah. or... Well, I did, I did end up having my first ever legal drink at Irish Eyes. Which was super gross because you should never be at a bar with carpet. No, uh, that's like the ultimate dive bar, like, though. You got that it kind of. Is. I know. And well, the really ultimate way. dive bar is actually the bar with carpet in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Is there a? Have you ever? Damon wait, Tavern. Hold on. There's not. They don't Damon have carpet Tavern. in the bathroom. They just have a very large rug. It's not actually carpet. Okay. Well, there's a carpet in but the bathroom. If there's a rug, that is equal it's to It's not necessarily carpet carpeted in bathroom. bathroom, but there's a rug in the bathroom for some fucking reason that people probably pee on. Yes, if there's a carpet in the bathroom, people are peeing on it, and that's fucking gross. Right, and it's like a unisex bathroom. It's not like a women's only bathroom, so it's fucking gross. And if there is a carpet in the bathroom, that's how you know you're in a dive bar. <laughs> so... We'll come back to the Damon Tavern thing, but let's kind of start just going through like dive bars that we like and fun fun stories we have at said dive bars. All right, so I did, as I mentioned before, started recording. I made I made a list. You did better than we did, so you yes. can start. I have I have a list. It's broken up into two sections and. I could I broke it into the two nicer category names I could think of and it was active and retired. Retired obviously no longer yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So since you're more prepared we... than us, I think you should name one from each and then we'll just name one each. Or we so can just keep two. going right, until cool. we run out. <laughs> well, we're gonna run out before he does before Kyle does. Probably, yeah. So and I I think a lot of these places we will have all 
or most of us will have had experiences yeah. at at some point. Um, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna name. All right, I guess my the two number ones on my list. I gotta start with the hits. Uh, favorite active dive bar is the Native. Oh yeah, the Native's so much yeah, fun. The Native's fun. Hands hands down, uh, the owner Jared based the design of that bar off of a supper club in Hayward, Wisconsin. It's very specific. That is very specific. Which I've also had the privilege of going to. I don't remember the name of the supper club, but, like, everything from, like, the design of the booths to, like, the leather railing Mm -hmm. that's on bar level that you really don't see anywhere else is all, like, very based on that, like, very, like, cozy... Mm-hmm. Towny Wisconsin kind of feel. I mean, they've just done incredible things for the community between I mean, they've done some like light acoustic shows, they've hosted markets there, they let me host markets there. Their local DJ nights, their theme nights, like they just do a great job of being like I would consider them like one of the last like sacred places of logan square that's fair that's a fair description mm-hmm. although i don't hold anything sacred anymore so there's that <laughs> no i mean all right what's your number one hit for retired fucking quenchers i never went there i mean but you described it very quenchers well. quenchers was everything it needed it was more than it needed to be like they were the first (laughs) international beer bar on the west side of chicago like they i think the last time i was sober enough to count when i was there i think they like had over 30 countries worth of beers in their coolers plus like local craft stuff plus they were if they weren't the first, they were goddamn near the first to ever offer the Chicago handshake as a thing. Also, shout out to my boys, uh, Sam Mecklin and Anthony Spina for coining that term. Uh, but no, it was just, it was a, it was a beautiful, like, neighborhood spot that, I mean, they had local and national music come through. One of my, like, staples for what a dive bar is is free food to keep you drinking whether that be like uh like bar snacks or peanuts crown hat or not crown quenchers had a popcorn machine which uh has saved my life on many (laughs) occasions that kind of reminds me of the time that stephanie and i went to unani slash hubbard's cave and they just had like a bowl like a thing of chili that you could eat from Oh yeah, they had free chili. They were like, they you guys had want like chili? A hot, like a hot pan with just chili in it. And they're like, you guys want some chili? Like, <laughs> like a like a sterno like catering tray of um, chili. It was like um, it was like a have you worked in restaurants. Like have you worked in restaurants? Like. Yeah, I mean, I have, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's, like, you know those water baths that you, like, keep warm and then you, like, set the pan, yeah. the hotel pans in? It was, like, a, like a half hotel just... pan of chili. Just loose chili. Yeah. Saying, like, and they had, we're taking they had, like, all comers. Chips. They had chips uh, for you to make, like, chili and chips. 
just there at this like it's, it's kind of like a nice beer place like the it's the sour is south, so it's not yeah. like it's and it's in the suburbs in like a strip mall um, yeah. so they don't have that <laughs> location like, anymore, Lindsay. They closed. They I know. moved to like a new building. It's just like so out of place. But yeah, it was just some chili for you to eat while you were drinking. <laughs> That's wild. That's fucking crazy. Like I've. Ooh, that actually reminds me. I need to add another thing to my list. Uh, okay, <laughs> but no, so, I agree with but you. Like, just free, just, like, just to have loose chili is crazy. But yeah, free free snacks in general. They're usually not chili, but sometimes they are chili. <laughs> in the okay, one like, experience I can talk about, it was chili. I've definitely been places that have like popcorn. Are we going number ones right now, or just like, hot, like mentions? Any. Just you can whatever i i had okay. to start off with my head so i'll start of off my number whatever. one just because we spent so many times like coming to this place already drunk um but it was damon tavern it is damon tavern um it formerly they have like their happy Bar hour no it used to be called bar deville oh oh shit okay all right so they, uh, they have like i've never heard of damon tub all of their beer is during like between like what four three and seven or something like that Okay, so this place had happy hour on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They did it in, like, normal, like, late happy hour. So, like, Thursday happy hour was from, like, 5 to 9 p.m. And like, it's $3 for a draft beer. Everything. $3 all everything. the everything. And they everything had Apex Predators. Yeah, you can get, like, um, Apex. And we, you, I got. They had, like, Goose Island. They had, like, Next Coast. They had had, like, Next Ghost, I've had Two-Hearted, I had yeah. Oberon, I yep. had any... Probably caught, like, a couple low Three Floyds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very old Three Floyds that we never drank, because we... Yeah, yeah like, getting... Anytime Three Floyds <laughs> is on tap in the city, it's old. Um, so we never got that, but... Though, though my buddy Andrew, who's Three Floyds rep in Chicago, would beg to differ. This place is gross. But he wasn't so. working at that time. Oh, yeah, let me say, yeah. Zombie Dust is always, I feel like every time we've had Zombie Dust on tap, it's old because people aren't really drinking a ton of, like, IPAs. At a dive bar. Um, at a dive I bar. feel, I, I think Zombie Dust, if you, if Gumball Head is on tap. Gumball Head is different. It's gonna be, it's gonna be old as shit. See, I feel like Gumball Head's always fresher than Zombie Dust. Zombie Dust always gets really? a little skunky. Um, I feel like Zombie Dust, like, when, when people find out it's there, I mean, like, over the past, like, year or two, keep in mind, like, we're more accessible. I feel like these dive bars we're going to are filled with people <laughs> drinking, like, cocktail. Like, by cocktails, I mean, like, vodka sodas. And then, like, there's us, yeah. like, getting drunk off these $3 beers. <laughs> these people are, like, drinking, like, the doubles that are, like, on sale, and we're just drinking, yeah. like, the $3 beer. Um, All right, cool. But we spent Same so thing. many times, like so many nights, like just randomly, like ending up at Damon Tavern because their happy hour was still going because it was like a late night happy hour. Um, that like we went to like Ultra Fresh. Um, it's a beer festival. It's like super fresh, like not just brewed beers, and we like, were already drunk and just showed up at Damon Tavern. <laughs> Shouldn't have been there, <laughs> and I don't remember walking. It wasn't there. even happy hour that time we went. It was after happy hour, and it was because we were walking down Damon. Yeah, and I was. We were and the, go the other to like Happy Village, and then we were like, "But Damon Tavern's right here." Um, and then like, the other thing go, about Damon Tavern right is that they had touch tunes. And we would spend $3 on a beer and then spend $25 on touch tunes. Hell 
Yes. Skipping uh, other people's of, song, like playing Africa by Toto, Africa by Weezer in a row. <laughs> playing uh, Tub Thumpin'. Jam. So I, jam I have song, to say that like, Tub Thumpin' became like a meme to play on Touch Tunes. And Stephanie and I were playing Tub Thumpin' for like two years before it became a, a meme. And... We went to Damon Tavern once and I played it, like, didn't realize the meme was out and they skipped it. And, like, Stephanie was like, oh, Lindsay, it's a meme now. Everyone's playing Tub Thump. <laughs> and I was so upset. Uh, which I love. Again, one of my, well, in agreeance, one of my favorite aspects of a dive bar is bullying the fuck out of a touch team yes. jukebox. And I, I had the same experience with Africa because <laughs> it was. It was dope and it was real fun and like some of the old guys would get into it when I put it on and then Weezer covered it and it fucking ruined it for everybody. So we both love like the, the Weezer, Weezer cover. cover. We were into Africa before. No, that. The, Weezer, the Weezer the Weezer cover is good, but like like you said with Tub Thump and like it went from like something fun yeah. that like Like it's a fun joke, like, like a fun oh. inside joke to being like viral and like everybody Yeah, like... to to like you're the fifth fucking person yeah. to put that on tonight that i would agree with because like i remember like me and staff and our friend group being like obsessed with africa about a, a year or two before it like went like became a huge thing again and it was so disappointing when it became a huge thing because we're just like oh now it's like not that funny but like also i love like it's such a good song first of all it is um, it's song. it's an amazing song if you ever have the chance to see Toto play it live, I highly recommend you do so. If if I would have known this would have come up, I would have done this as my interesting fact. Uh, I saw the band Toto play in Zurich, Switzerland the day before a show that I worked with the band Chicago, mm-hmm. and the drummer from Toto bought me beer all night. That's tight. Okay, so mine is like this is not my this is not my number one, but this is I've people have questionable opinions on it, but I've had some of the craziest drunken nights at this place, and I'm gonna say Coles. Yeah. Oh, um, God, Coles. Oh, good, good, because Coles yeah, is an absolute well, Coles shit show. So much like live music, mm-hmm. and. Have have you ever seen have you ever been in Coles while it's still daylight out? Yes. No. Don't. It's bad. <laughs> it's it's weird. horrifying. There was going back to uh street fest things, there was like a weird little like two year street fest that happened on Milwaukee right there that wasn't like the Rev Brew sponsored stuff. But they had one year it was like uh, the two headliners on like the one night that it was in existence was the Mezingers and uh, Banner Pilot, and it was fucking awesome. It was such a good time. But Coles was open at four p.m., and we went to Coles at four p.m., and no one should see that place in the harsh light of daylight. No, no, they shouldn't. If you're not rolling up before, if you're if you're not rolling up after 10 p.m., why are you going to Kohl's? Uh, Lindsay, didn't we go you there need, for you your birthday one there. year? And we were like, it was like right when they opened for the evening. So we were the, oh yeah, it was 2020. Because we were doing the bar year. crawl through Logan. And Kohl's and it was, was like, like open and Emporium wasn't. 
Yeah, yeah, Emporium was closed for like a private event until a certain time. So we were like, I guess we're going to go to Kohl's and kill some time. So I'm just going to go from number ones to number twos. Sure. Uh, number two dive bar currently active. The fucking Levy. Oh, I haven't it's been there. Fuller- I haven't been there either. It's at Fullerton Pulaski. Okay. And... It is a magical place that time and laws forgot. <laughs> it's right. just like they have. So in front of the levee, there's a big like pine shrub that they've crafted to look like you like, you know, like the Coors Heavy bottles, like little short bottles. of yeah. beer. Yeah. They have they have trimmed the shrub to look like that and wrapped it in a Miller Light label. When you go into the bar, it's like a very like wavy '60s bar top okay. because it's been there since the oh. fucking '60s. Oh god! And the back room is free play pool, free play darts, and the real piece de resistance in it is there's a tiny like corridor in the far back where it's like. It's probably three feet wide. It's just a doorway. And if you look to your left, they took an old parachute and used that to make a mat where they hung up a basketball hoop on the other end. So they made their own Papa Shot basketball setup with an old parachute and a legitimate fucking basketball hoop. That's janky as hell, but I love it. It's it's insane. It's like, I mean, if at that intersection, it's just west of Pulaski. Mm-hmm. It's a neighborhood bar in its most earnest. Um, the owner, I can't remember the owner's name off the top of my head, but like, he's just like this old fucking alcoholic and just tends bar and takes shots with you <coughs> and. It's so much fun. Like, I had my uh, my 30th birthday I did there right before we all went over to Ian's party. It's just, it's the most fun and the most, like, lawless fucking bar I've been to in forever. Like, you could do anything there. It's like, oh, like, do you want to do a line of blow off the pool table? Like, yeah, sure. No one cares. Uh it's just it's fucking reckless everything there's so cheap they've owned it since i think the the current owners have owned it since the 50s or 60s and it's been in existence like pretty much since prohibition ended and it's it's an impeccable gem of like neighborhood chicago dive bars if you wanted to visit them as they appeared in the 80s okay Okay. It's just, yeah, it's especially like for my love of like bar games as an aspect of dive bars. Yeah. Uh, top of the list for that. Uh, number two for me for retired bars is Crown Liquors, which I know we touched on mm-hmm. on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just incredible neighborhood space. Like it was in existence for much longer than like what it was currently known as Mm -hmm. a lot of just like beer reps and 
bartenders and friends built it to what it was uh free shows at least two nights a week Mm -hmm. all like the hot dice like three dollar shots uh dante's pizza next door it was just it was a magical place to be at Mm -hmm. Um, so my next one is not a dive bar that I particularly, particularly love anymore, but it was the first dive bar I'd been to in Chicago when I was interning or co-oping up here. Uh, and it's Richard's (coughs) bar. Hell yeah, Richard's. Richard's was my honorable mentions list because Richard's is truly lawless. It truly is. Richard's. And I don't know. Richard's does not give a shit. I don't know how he found out about this. So like. We went there, I think, because, like, a friend of my ex's was like, you need to go to this bar. So we went there when I was co-oping, and you can smoke in there, which is illegal. You can buy cigarettes in there, which is illegal. Uh, They sell, like, hard-boiled eggs for some reason. There's a slot machine. It's 100% owned by the mob. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's so sketchy, and you might get... Sh- I, I went there at, like, 2 p.m. once, and... There was, like, these two guys, like, two Italian guys eating pizza, and, like, me and my friend Alex, or my ex's friend Alex, who was, like, at the time was interviewing and staying with us while he was interviewing, uh, and my ex was out of town, and he, like, we just went there. Uh, actually, this was, like, the day after we saw, um... I was like, we went Kurt to, Von- uh... Or Kurt. Jeff no. Rosenstock. Jeff Rosenstock. Why was I gonna say Kurt Vile? Uh, it was the day after we saw, I saw Jeff Rosenstock for the first time. And we went to Richard's Bar, and it was, like, 2 p.m., and they, like, gave us pizza for free. And this one time, like, my ex was there with me, and, like, this guy was, like, just feeding money into the slot machine and, like, gave him, like, 20 bucks to buy liquor for, like, buy drinks. And it's truly lawless. Like, I don't think the laws apply to them because it's owned by the mob and nobody's going to go in there unless... No, Richards. Richards is for sure in deep with whatever their like local per- police precinct is. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think they just. I think at this point they just like advance pay, whatever fines they just like. Here's five hundred dollars <laughs> for this month, and we're just gonna keep existing like it's fucking yeah nineteen eighty four. It's wild, and you cannot go in there with any nice clothes because you will leave smelling like cigarette smoke. Yeah, um, I remember wearing like one of my nice like like my first time I think it was there. I was like wearing my peacoat, and I was like, "Oh, this was a fucking mistake," and I could not get like cigarette smoke it's, out of my hair. It's the Benny Hanna of scummery. <laughs> you, will, you will leave smelling like your evening. Oh god, yes. yeah. I've and it's never like, heard that description before. It's so easy to get to. <laughs> I that that phrase I don't think has existed until right now. It's a great phrase. I'm gonna use that phrase <laughs> all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> if if you ever end up smelling like your evening, it's the Benihana of <laughs> whatever. It all is. right, let's do two more go arounds because we're at two hours and our goal is to end this before three. Well, I haven't even gotten to right. go for my second. That's what go. I'm saying. Oh, yeah, we'll do after two you after go, this. please. We'll do two yeah. More after that. Okay. Jeez. So. Uh, Damn. Okay, so... <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll fly back to Chicago and cut you. <laughs> Which is a very Richards move of you. <laughs> You're okay. not wrong. I got the Richards momentum going. So this is actually my favorite dive bar in the city. Um, it is my neighborhood bar 
that I go to all the time. It's Innertown Pub. That's a great bar. Oh, Innertown fucking rules. I love that Innertown. That is my, that is like, you talk like the neighborhood bar. That is my neighborhood bar. If you talk um, old zombie dust, they got it. They got some you want old, old zombie oh, dust? Yeah. They got you there. They got it. It's not even on tap. They got like old ass bottles of zombie oh, dust. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, you went there after is, your birthday party. That was like my birthday, my post birthday party hangout spot. Yeah. So like, it is so close that I left my phone in my apartment, and we went to Innertown, and I like looked at my <laughs> Apple Watch, and I was like, oh, I don't have my phone. I'm going to be home. I'll be back in two minutes. Yeah. I would always use Innertown. Like if I was walking to Steph's, which was like a 10 minute walk, maybe like two blocks away. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd be like, where are you? And I'd be like, I'm passing Innertown right now. And then she'd use that as her cue to like walk out of her apartment at that yeah. point to like show up. Um, um, but yeah, Innertown is fantastic. Um, we actually were a part of like the Ukrainian village uh, neighborhood committee meeting to get Innertown their patio license during the pandemic. They did Hell it yeah. really well. Honestly, yeah, their, like patio their patio was, during the pandemic. We spent or like so much time outside on their patio. Yeah. I honestly hope they're allowed to keep doing that because they literally turned their employee little parking fenced in area into a patio. And it's and really it's cute. So like nice. they have like picnic tables and like lights. It's super cute. Their cocktails there were fantastic. Like they they would experiment doing cocktails. Um, well, yeah, they like, were bored, so like their owner yeah, would so they, just start experimenting with the liquor that they had, and he would make his own cocktails up. Yeah, fantastic bar. It's super cute, um, very divey, but I love that place. I think I've only like sat on the inside time. like one or two times. I've been there a lot, but I live, you know, nearby. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a like ukrainian village staple yeah it's yeah so good so much fun um i mean yeah neighborhood bar succeeding in its fullest capacity oh yeah we love everyone that works there we've been there a ton Ugh, i'm they they closed for the winter so they haven't even reopened you know with indoor dining being allowed to reopen or like indoor drinking i should say they they're waiting until spring till they can reopen the outside. So we're doing two two more rounds yes. of yeah. All right. So all right, to the native Quenchers Levy Crown. Uh, Reed's local. Reed's is awesome. Where's fucking? That? I've never heard. Reed's, of Reed's is Belmont, just uh just west of Sacramento. It's right by the only gas station that will sell you jewel pods for a reasonably priced. Uh, my all right, so that that's my recent connection to it. But it's right by like uh, Auxiliary Arts Center, which was a big DIY spot for a while. I think they're still like semi in operation, but not where they were like five years ago. Uh, Reeds is just like a dad. Bar, it's a dad bar run by thirty somethings. Yeah, and. It's great and it's wonderful, and they host a lot of local shows there. It's it's an oddly shaped bar. Everything about Reeds is odd, it's but weird. they're very good people, and they do the best of what they can. They do a lot of stuff for the community. Uh, 
They're they're a hams bar through and through, which I love. So do we. So yeah, just just good good spot by good people. I got to see like the last time I was at Reed's was like just before pandemic, and my buddies from Atlanta came and played there, and then gave me all of their drink tickets, and then I got lost walking home four blocks away, which is. <laughs> the most reads thing I could think of. I get lost constantly, so I get it. Okay, so, retired. So, retired, uh, Happy Fucking Village. I love Are Happy they? Village. Oh, they, they're, do they sell yet? Happy Village sold. It's not gonna be Happy Village anymore. I don't know what it's going to be. From from what I know, Happy Village is no longer a thing. Yeah, I saw that they were selling. Um, I don't. I didn't realize that they had sold. Yeah, from what and I I tried to verify this when I was doing the list, and when I looked up Happy Village on Google, it said permanently closed. So I was gonna say, uh, I think Happy Village is completely sold. Well, the reason that we knew about this is because I think Steve found it, like, listed for sale and was like, what if we all, like, pitched in and bought Happy Village? Yeah, my boyfriend oh, I... tried to get us to all go in to buy Happy Village. If if he, if I would have known him at the time, I would have gone in on that. I tried to get a collective together to buy Quenchers. Like, <laughs> I would have been there for Happy Village. Um, no, I mean, we... I love Happy Village. We celebrated our friends getting married after Lala in 2019 at Happy Village. And it was just, like, one of the, like, feel-good nights of the year. Oh, God, that was so insane. Because I, so, my boyfriend and I were their witnesses at the courthouse. And Lindsay and I had gone out drinking from Lollapalooza the night before. And then my boyfriend and I went to be like witnesses at the courthouse like early in the morning like they was that the lala year that we saw no that wasn't the super bunch of after shows year no that was the year after but we still saw i think at least i think we had two after shows that year yeah but still Um, like it was a but that was the night that steve was like drunk hiding from you in your apartment oh yeah and like yelling at you about warm gatorade yeah so (laughs) oh We obviously were out the night before, and then we were up early that that morning because our friends, to get married on a Saturday morning at the main courthouse downtown, you have to be in line by like 7 a.m. So our friends got in line super early, and then we literally showed up and walked to the front of the line. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, you wore whatever you were wearing. You're you're just there to witness. I think that's fair. But like... We just like rolled in, we got married, they got married, and then we went to brunch with, um, our, my friend was like the bride, and so it was like her parents took us to brunch, so we were drinking it like early Mm -hmm. as shit, and then we had Lollapalooza (laughs) all day, and I think that was... That was when our friends were working one of the beer booths too. I'm trying to remember. So Saturday, Saturday was. I'm trying to remember who headlined. Gambino, I thought. No, Gambino was Friday. Oh. No, we left Pretty early we on leave? Saturday yeah. so that we could go. Because it was like 21 pilots, I think. 
It was like 21 Pilots and um, somebody else that was shitty on the other stage. No, but we stayed until up until that headliner. Yeah. So we stayed pretty late in the day. But yeah, that was... But yeah, I we just like Happy kept... Village to celebrate, and like it was just such a good night. We like had Malort shots to celebrate. Well, I just loved Happy Village because they had that ghetto ass patio where it's all the just like plastic. The ping pong room. They had the, yeah. the they had the ping pong room, and then they had the patio, which is all just like plastic furniture. Yeah. And we were like drunk already when we got there, and like there were just Malort shots waiting for us, basically. And uh, it was Steve such a fun did Malort night. shots remember, like, with us home. that night. I got home and, like, looked at my phone and there was a text from Stephanie that was like, Steve is hiding in the closet right now. <laughs> Trying to scare me. <laughs> and she was like, and he won't drink, like, the cold Gatorade because he prefers the warm Gatorade. And he's, like, getting mad about Gatorade. Oh, he was, he was yelling at Gatorade being the preference being room temperature? Yeah. I don't know. It was very odd. Happy Village is a good one, <laughs> Um, I will go next, and I'm going to save my favorite, my other super good one for last. Um, so my favorite neighborhood bar in Wicker Park was Swig. Lindsay, you got to repeat it because you froze. Sorry. I was going to save my favorite, my other favorite for last. Um, my favorite neighborhood bar in Wicker uh, would be Swig. Um, super fucking weird bar. There's like a pool table. There was like never any, I I there's literally never any there. That's on Milwaukee, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like right next yeah, to the we, Taco Bell. Yeah, we had a we had a booth outside of Swig for Wicker Park Fest one year and they were super cool about letting us use their bathrooms because we would just buy shots and buy shots for the bartenders. Yeah, all the there time. was never anybody there. And like I feel like I was there on Friday at peak hour and there was like two or three people there and my ex was like obsessed with the bar. Uh, and he, like, got to know the bartenders because he'd go there, like, every day after work. Uh, and they would just, like, he'd, they'd, he'd show up and they'd put a PBR and a shot of Malort in front of him. And then, like, eventually I, they got to know me and, like, they would do the same. Um, but it was just, like, one of those experiences where, like, they know you. And Steph and I actually went there um, to meet up with him, even though we were dating at the time still. After we went to the opening, like, the soft opening uh, media only of like Brewyard's opening. Um, we like got kind of drunk there and then like just like met up and like drank old zombie dust again. Yeah, that was old zombie dust. Always old zombie dust. Although maybe, that place seems maybe like Maybe I don't have... know the difference. I don't think I know the difference between fresh and old zombie well, dust. Well, that place would have old here. zombie dust because it's not a great bar. Um, yeah. but like a great bar because it was like a two minute walk from my apartment and then also like right next to taco bell so i would go there and then get drunk and then get taco bell while drunk and walk home with it hell yeah that was my thing when i lived right there was i'd get drunk and then walk home as i'm walking home like oh taco bell sounds good and then walk the extra like 300 feet to taco bell the next one i'm gonna talk about I think is questionable as a dive bar, but I call it a dive bar. It's also considered a nightclub, but it's also Marianas. one of the grossest places I've ever been in my entire life. So I count it as a dive bar. Is it? Is it Jewel Oscar? <laughs> it's Beauty Bar. It's um, Beauty Bar. Yeah, I would. I would count Beauty Bar. Um, so Beauty Bar is considered a nightclub, but 
I consider it also at the same time a dive bar. It's like it a is the single grossest. If you consider it a nightclub. Yeah, it is it's the single gross. grossest place I have ever been in my entire life. Yeah. It is my favorite well, like, bar. Dude, like, how many memes did we see that was like, if you went to the bathroom at Beauty Bar, you don't need to worry about what's in the COVID vaccine. That's fair. Yep. <laughs> that place is gross. I love it so much. Uh, you were, like, always, like, an inch deep in, like, spilled drinks anywhere you walked. I've, I've only gone to Beauty Bar for the Sunday night emo, emo nights. Yeah. We'd go which, to those. Uh, shout out to Brian Buckley if he's listening. Ooh. Uh, he was, <laughs> well, well. <laughs> oh I don't know. God. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We loved Beauty Bar. So Beauty Bar emo nights we'd only ever go to if we had the Monday off. Yeah. Um, and then we always pretty much went to Beauty Bar indie nights because... Um, DJ Greg. Who was that? DJ Greg. DJ Greg. Would just play whatever we wanted him to play. DJ Greg from Kill Hannah. Yeah, so... What? Yeah, Greg Corner was from the band Kill Hannah and he used to DJ oh. indie nights. Oh, I know. I know Kill Hannah... DJ Greg as, at as Beauty a, Bar was in Kill as a, as a sad, chubby kid living in Chicago all my life, uh, I knew Kill Hannah very well. So we'd go and like ask him to play like the vaccines and like he'd other play the vaccines. Like, oh, he'd I love that. He'd play chords. He'd play yeah. LCD. He'd play Hell whatever. Yeah. yeah, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I love them." Or I I asked him I think once if he had like something queued up. He was like, "Of course I have it queued up." And then he queued yeah. up because he didn't have it queued up. Well, at least at least you played it off and then played your songs. Which well, is yeah, more, like, that's the thing about Brian. like Beauty Bar Greg, DJ Greg, is that DJ he would, Greg, like, he always played the songs that we asked him to play, and like yeah. we had so many nights at Beauty Bar that we like got far too drunk, and like Stephanie and I would walk home, so like she's a twenty minute walk from yeah. Beauty Bar, and then I was like a t- ten minute walk, and it'd be like fucking like fifteen degrees out walking home, like wasted, got your drunk blanket on. And, like, I'd be like, okay, bye, I got a 15-more-minute walk home. <laughs> and then, like, not remember getting home. I know, Beauty, Beauty Bar is the only bar I ever lost my keys at. And in doing so, instead of remembering that I, like, oh, I probably lost my keys at this bar, I just kicked the door down to my own apartment <laughs> and ate my burrito inside. <laughs> yeah, no, that is my, like, one of my absolute favorite bars ever. I've had yeah, so many bananas experiences at that bar. And it's it's, it's wild. So it's fun. a wild place. Such a great place. I had <laughs> wine and Diet Coke for the first time there, and it's like a really good combination. Oh, wine and Diet Coke. Is what? A di- red wine, they Diet had, like, Coke is a different They had like specials on like level. super fucking weird drinks, and they had like $5 wine and Diet Coke, and it like tastes like Dr. Pepper. It's super good. Red wine, it... shitty oh, red wine I... and Diet Coke is different level of drunk. All right, well. That was before when, I, when I... I was allergic to red wine, too. <laughs> When when I die in ten years, uh, remember telling me that that was a combination that exists. <laughs> no, definitely try it out. Oh, I'm going. It's to. fucking it's fire, be, and let us know. It's like, going to be a mess. Like, put it on your Instagram and send it to us. Oh, I, I will, of course. <laughs> um, all right, this is the last round. All right, so I have I have six percent on my computer, 
it would take a very long time to get that set up. So I'm just going to rapid fire. Yeah, go for it. If it's okay, I'm just going to yeah. rapid fire the rest of my list. Yeah. Go. Yeah. All right. So the rest of my list of active bars, uh, the Whirlway, bless up to Maria being the best Blackhawks bar in Logan Square. Uh, that was my final on my top five of active. Honorable mentions going to... Delilah's best intentions. Ooh, love Delilah. Simon's. Yep. Monks holding it down as the '70s bar of the Chicago Loop, and then uh, Richards, of course. Celtic Crown, which used to do free wing night, and then uh, a live one for also mm-hmm. uh, filling up a mm-hmm. bunch of college kids with three dollar craft beers. The rest of my retired list, uh, we already hit on Happy Village. The mutiny. For, oh, R.I.P. Uh, mutiny for the free for cocaine being the only the place you could. Well, depending on who you knew, uh, the only bar where you could get dysentery. Uh, <laughs> the mutiny. Did you guys know? So it's it's closed down now, so I can talk about it. Uh, after the mutiny officially closed, it was the key club. Well, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, just cocaine, just cocaine through and through at the mutiny. Uh, the Red Line Tap off of uh, that's on North Side. It was like a real dope indie indie venue that had no reason existing off of uh, North Red Line stops when you need to. Uh, honorable mentions to Shallers Pump, which was a Bridgeport staple for a long time. I grew up going there because my dad grew up in Bridgeport, and that's where he would go to, like, drink and eat food before and after Sox games, where he befriended Harry Carey, and then also, when I was a small child, befriended Harry <laughs> Carey, because Harry Carey, like, it's he was a famous Cubs announcer, but before he broadcast for the Cubs, he broadcast for the White Sox. And would just go there and drink his face off. Sounds right. And after he died, after he died, his like daily planner got published, and in his daily planner and like expense accounts for his broadcast, it included no less than eight alcoholic drinks on any given day. Sounds like our kind of guy. Because he was a he was a happy, <laughs> wonderful monster. Who did a lot of good things. Um, and then final retired bar honorable, honorable mention is the bar below on State Street. Uh, right at State and Jackson. It was underneath like a divey prime rib restaurant. Interesting. And it was just wood panels and $3 beers in the heart of the loop for no reason that no one cared about. And now they're not a bar anymore. All right, you have, what, like 5% now? I'm at 5, yeah. Okay, I'll go quick. Um, my last favorite is Sidekicks in Irving Park, across the street from Old Irving Brewing. Um, we're talking wood panels, cash only, um, some food randomly. We're talking karaoke every night. Um, like, locals, um, best place to get, like, a $3 old-style um, 
they like have everything priced out perfectly that if you just paid like a 20 they could keep like the rest of it as their tip um like honestly i appreciate that about a bar if it's cash only that like you priced out super well that i could get like three drinks and then like you keep the rest of it as a tip oh yeah hell yeah um but great great bar lots of wood panels like cushiony seats carpet so i think my last one and i don't know if they're ever going to reopen so they they're temporarily closed they could permanently close i don't know um it's gonna be five star which is also a restaurant fucking five five star star. that anytime i went to beauty bar for a night it always started at five star yes i had a lot of like like early like humble park and early douglas park riot fest five star star. did a bunch of dope dj nights uh you could buy cigarettes there long after you should have been (laughs) able to always had good beer they had great beer deals and they had good deals on like craft beer even on top of their Mm -hmm. like you know domestics but they always Mm -hmm. had good food deals which i know was not like the thing we were talking about but they (laughs) always played metal and it was always like this weird biker bar that was across the street from a kind of like a gay bar and it was always a good time. Mm-hmm. And I miss yeah, five, also, five I just really miss their food. Because we used to their order delivery good. from there a lot. Yeah, their food was good. Their their food was better than it ever needed to be. And I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. For a dive bar, especially. Oh, yeah. So, we know your computer's about to die. Do you have any final messages you would like to leave the people? Uh, final messages for the drunk and uncultured podcast fan base. Uh, vote socialist. Yes. Fuck, fuck Rush Limbaugh. Yes. Support your local dive bar. Yes. Uh, support independent business. Yes. Support women in independent business. Big yes. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Just just keep helping people you're here with and be a drunk monster in the meantime. And buy Soothsayer, the official hot sauce of the revolution. Oh, fuck yeah. I will, I will super <laughs> Honestly, take that Honestly, that should moniker. be your new logo. Yeah, like, Soothsayer hot sauce, craze. the official podcast. Or the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, I guess I ended up a little bit drunker on this than I meant to. <laughs> Uh, the official hot sauce of the fucking revolution. That should We're be, honestly, people. like, Soothsayer, the official hot sauce of the fucking revolution, like, as your catchphrase. Oh, you, alright, to go back to, uh, what we have planned for this year, we're gonna have a lot of wild fucking merch. Yes. Um, that might, that might now be one of them. I need, like, a, for this, like, pop culture, like, podcast wall behind me, I need, like, a Soothsayer. I need you to, like, post something so I can buy, like, a Soothsayer, like, banner or like poster i just wanted to say like soothsayer like ouija board official hot sauce of the revolution i just you know what i need a ouija board to go on this wall we're we're gonna be doing some prints we're gonna be having some wall hangings it'll be great yeah i'm excited i will also say soothsayer the official hot sauce of the drunken and cultured podcast (laughs) yes hashtag not a sponsor (laughs) not a sponsor but an Can, unofficial how, what does recurring it take, guest. What does it take to be one? No, we don't do any of that. <laughs> but 
being our friend. We'll, we'll, just, we'll shout you out pretty much every time we talk. Because if you're yeah, if you're nice to us, we'll shout you out all the time. <laughs> we don't take sponsors, just, but we'll shout I'll you just, out if you're fun and you're nice. As as two people who've spent like way more money than I could ever <laughs> expect anyone to spend on my dumb hot sauce company, um, I will. I think this is our and there's there's witnesses because this will be broadcast. Uh, this is the this is the official sponsorship agreement to where I'll just send you hot sauce and talk about my company whenever the hell you feel like it. Which will, I mean, we yeah, we will do all the time. We love we love your hot sauce. We're not going to fail. Also, if you ever want to go live on Instagram, <laughs> we can get real drunk real fast and then go live oh. and just shoot the shit in front of the people. This is fun as hell. Thank you so much for having me and for making this like a month worth of your show, which <laughs> is like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's very much an honor for me to have you spend this much time. Like, thank you. Thank you very much. And I've, I've had a fucking blast doing this it's honestly our pleasure this has been not work at all for us and this has just been a good time drinking far too much beer and only coming in 17 minutes less than our last episode yeah (laughs) about six hours of recording no and uh yeah when when riot fest 2021 happens uh pour that hot sauce in my mouth God damn, we're going to party. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. Smuggle yes. us some hot yes, sauce and pour it in our mouths. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, which we both hope that you did, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating and write us a review. The same as every every week we do this. If you leave us a review, we will read it on the show. And that has not happened in two years. So please leave us a review. Please interact with us. We love to hear from you guys. So listen through the song to hear our social medias. And we will see you guys next time. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.